Cut. Oh, fucking cut. Now I'm gonna you go buy. No, no, I'm gonna go purchase one. That's the problem. This, this ain't for me. Well, I was like, you know, the background is mom and dad was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay, right. All praises to the Most High. Hi, how are you? I am Doc Holiday, host of the Doc Holiday Show, where we like to uplift black men. Black woman, black teen, black child, black royalty, and I am joined by a black royal, Memphis black royal, Shelby County Mayor, Lee Harris. Mayor Harris, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks a lot for having me. Man, thanks for thanks for coming. First of all, like I said, it's all about positivity, uplift, black men, black women. You're from Memphis. I know about you. A lot of people out there know about you, but some people, because YouTube, you know, we, 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 we hit the world. That's right. Tell people that, you know, some people uh, a little bit about you, your background. I know you're born and raised in Memphis. That's right. So born and raised here in uh, Whitehaven area. And uh, I went to Alsea Elementary School for the most part uh, for four years. And I went to Garden View in Whitehaven for a couple of years. And uh, then John P. Freeman in Overton High School and uh, had, you know, tried to play the trumpet at Overton. You know, a lot of your listeners will know Overton is the performing arts school. So I tried my hand at that. That didn't take too well. <laughs> I wasn't too good at that. And so I uh, ended up doing other things while I was at Overton. Uh, but I did enjoy my time in the marching band for the time I was, I was there. And uh, then went on to uh, college in Atlanta, Morehouse. And, uh, you know, that was one heck of an experience going there and then i went to law school and in between uh studied abroad in london and in spain and in france and and uh you know did, did as much as i could to try to prepare myself to come back home because i love memphis and I always knew i wanted to be back in memphis and uh, knew i wanted to be in par part of changing the community and i really thought politics was one way to do that that's because uh, you know just what i've seen around the community growing up and also my first one of my first kind of formative experiences was an internship that I got from the Congressional Black Caucus. And I ended up interning in Washington, D.C. for a member of Congress. And uh, that was really, really eye-opening. It was a fast-paced environment. And I met a lot of folks who were really committed to, you know, helping uh, their community. And that really turned me on, uh, turned me on to politics and to service. And so uh, first opportunity I got, I got into it. I run a bunch of races at this point. Uh, but I'm glad to be back in Memphis and glad to be serving. And, and now I've really made it because now I'm on your show. So that's, that feels real good, too. Appreciate it. Now, you can be on the show more often. Like, we can do some things. Just holler at me. We'll, we'll yeah, work yeah. something out. But you, this is what I love about you, man, because you are from Memphis. You're from the inner city. Uh, you went to Al City. That's in South Memphis. I know because my, my parents, my mom, well, my mom grew up in South Memphis mm -hmm. on Perry Road. They went to Al City. But being from Al City, living in Whitehaven, I'm from Whitehaven. Uh, mm -hmm. But just the struggles, little black boy. At that age, because I'm pretty sure you didn't think you wanted to be a mayor or a senator or any uh, city councilman at that age. Now, what were your aspirations? I know you wanted to play the trumpet in Overton, but you had to have some kind of aspirations as a little black boy in the inner city. Well, I think my my main aspiration as I kind of got a little bit older, so middle school and uh, even high school, was to be a lawyer. My dad, my dad was a, uh, he's had a, a bunch of jobs. He was mainly a teacher at Colonial Middle School for most of his career, but he's had other jobs when I was growing up in addition to teaching school. So he was, you know, a repairman, and he's still a repairman to this day and, 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 and uh, does HVAC uh, primarily. And he also was a bartender. So he was a bartender for more than 10 years at Captain Bilbo's, which was downtown. But the reason why I bring him up is because when I was a child, he really watched a lot of these 
criminal uh, justice kind of shows, you know, Beale Street Blues, Law and Order, you know, shows that had um, lots of lawyers around. And so that really made me aware of law as a career. I don't have any lawyers in my family, at least at that time I do now. But at that time, I had no lawyers in my family, had no concept of what it would take to become a lawyer uh, or anything like that. But he watched those shows. And I said to myself, man, that's, 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 that's what I want to be. I think I want to be a lawyer. And, um, and I just um, followed that path. And, I, you know, people told me things that I really took to heart my entire life. People told me things like everything's been done before. I took that to heart. Uh, and so for me, growing up, that meant find somebody who has charted the path uh, and try as best you can to replicate or understand what they did to get where they are. Uh, try to understand that. And so um, I learned that uh, early on, and that's worked out well for me. Um, I also learned that, you know, try to listen to your the teachers and so forth. I mean, I was a kid that got in a lot of trouble, um, as a lot, of, a lot of black boys get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So that's not unusual. But I think one of the things that helped me to still have lots of opportunity is, is at the end of the day, Somebody older than me told me something. I kind of took it to heart, and I kind of believed them. I didn't mm-hmm. dismiss it out of hand. So that could have been anybody. Uh, if it was a teacher, if it were if it were this or that, I I took it to heart. So somewhere along the way, uh, somebody told me, you know, Morehouse is the best school for blacks in America, right? That's what they told me, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't I didn't know whether that was yeah. true or not true, yeah. but but they told me that, and I said, well. I guess that's where I'm going to go uh, to school. And then, you know, you get to college and somebody tells you about Emory. I never heard of Emory. You know, Emory has a law school and Georgia State has a law school. I never heard of those places before. But they told me, you know, you can go to law school here and do these kind of things and started figuring out uh, who, who had done those kinds of things before. And then one day while I was in college, I met a, a guy. He was a practicing lawyer, a black guy. He came to Morehouse to give a speech and he went to Harvard Law School. And I had never even dreamed or thought about anything like that. And uh, he gave a speech, and um, and I and we we asked him all kinds of questions, like you know, how did you end up where you ended up? And he told us his path. And I said, oh well, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can do that. I'm a, I'm, I'm going to follow everything you said and make sure that I'm in a position to achieve what you talked about in this talk. And that was early on in my Morehouse career, you know, having been exposed to a lot of different things when you go away for the first time. And that was more or less my first time kind of going away from Memphis. And uh, I followed I followed everything he laid down. And um, he was exactly right. You you do you do this, you know, over here in these kind of classes and these kind of grades. You do this over here to prepare for your, uh, you know, standardized tests and so forth. You do this to fill out the summers and it'll all turn out uh, this way. And that was true. So, you know, I got in a lot of trouble when I was at Alsey, and I'm sure the teach- all the teachers remember me, right? <laughs> a lot of trouble uh, when I in you know, middle school and so forth. And now, again, all my teachers are still around. They all remember me very well. But at the end of the day, I think everybody would say, but he did listen. Uh, he did listen. When you gave him a nugget of truth about life, he would, he would, he would sit up and listen. Um, I'll tell you another one. Somebody told me once, they said, well, um, you know, Lee, you got to go to class anyway, right? And they were right. I said, yeah, you're right. I got to yeah. go to class. My parents are not going to let me miss class. Yeah. And they said, well, if you got to go to class anyway, 
Uh, why don't you go ahead and make a good grade? Because <laughs> you got to be here. How about that? You got to be here. You can't. It's just yeah. the way they explain yeah. it. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I really, I, I receive. Yeah. I've, yeah. I always, I've always said I'm a good student in yeah. the sense that somebody gives me some advice, I, I really receive it. And uh, they said you could, you could be here every day and make a bad grade, or be here every day and make a good grade. You're gonna be here no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and make a good grade. So I said, oh yeah, that sounds right. All right, <laughs> I, I'll do that. Yeah. And um, sure enough, they, they were right. You make some good grades and uh, do a few things here. You can still get in trouble, right? You can still get in trouble from time to time. Nothing big, but you can get in trouble. And, uh, and you, will still, you will have plenty of opportunity ahead, and you just kind of stay on it. And uh, another thing, I don't know if anybody told me this part, but um, I will say this part, yeah. is it's important to, in my mind to set your sights on a goal. And it doesn't matter what the goal is, right? It doesn't matter. It's the idea that you're moving towards something i found is more important than, than, than really uh, whether you change your mind. And we know people are going to change their mind. They'll change their goals. But you've got to be moving towards something. And so when I was, you know, seventh, eighth grade, uh, ninth grade, and I decided, no, I'm going to go to law school, that was helpful to me. Because that helped me to think about, well, what does it take to get to law school? And that automatically gets you thinking, well, i got to go to college. And that automatically gets you thinking, well, what other colleges? What are they out there? Who do I even ask about that kind of stuff? Um, and uh, so it, it gets you thinking all those things. So I, I always try to tell young folks that I'm around, choose something. You can change it after a while as you get more information and you figure out what you like and, and don't like. But make some choices, right? Because if you don't make any choices, then you're kind of – out there and you're not making a plan and it's all about making a making a plan uh and for me that that that's worked out tremendously um and um you know so w went there and came back and and, and uh, ran for a bunch of offices mm -hmm. and you won and i won and and leading up to that but going back to like your childhood and coming up how do you maneuver uh, uh around all those negative influences because being from memphis being from the inner city like you are like i am i had plenty of guys who they don't want to talk about being a lawyer. Now they yeah, want to right. do some. They want to talk about things that's gonna cause them to need a lawyer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they they want to do that. Yeah. But you also had a couple who wanted to do some things. But more than likely, you had guys who were like, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, life isn't fair. You know, we, we got these struggles. How did you maneuver through without getting into any major trouble? Right. So it's a real tough one because, as you said. Um, there are a lot of talented folks in the urban core, a lot of really, really smart people. And I don't know that I was the smartest or not. I did well, but there were a lot of people that could have done well, a lot of people that were really savvy and really smart. And, um, and I don't, and I, I don't know, cause I hung out as much as anybody in my neighborhood throughout my life. I mean, I, I hung out every day. Um, there's no doubt about it. I think, you know, at some point, I think it's just, again, the, the people that you kind of run into. Uh, and sometimes it's just random. And I, and I think, you know, somebody told me um, internships were important, right? Somebody told me that. Um, so after my – somebody told me – first of all, somebody told me Morehouse was a great school, right? Yeah. So that was important. And then somebody told me internships were important. And so I did an internship um, um, immediately, you know, right – I think I might have done one before I went to college. In fact, I'm sure I did. I did one before I went to college. And then I did one after my first year of college because people told me that. And that made all the difference because it meant I was doing something positive at a critical time. So, you know, you get to be 18 and 19 and so forth, 17. That's a pretty critical time. And I had, you know, plenty of friends, my best friends, 
at that time didn't make it through college. I mean, didn't make it through high school. They didn't make it through high school on time. You know, various things happened, and they weren't permitted to, to, to graduate. So, yeah. so, so, uh, and for me, again, I was doing summer programs around that time. So I just missed some of the problem, some of the things they got into, some of the trouble they got into, and that's just because somebody told me, and I listened to them. So I guess the if there's a lesson here, and um, 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 I, I don't know, but if there's a lesson here, it's just when somebody's older than you. Uh, says something, try to listen. And I know that's hard. I know it's hard not to be smart. Especially Alec. now, yeah. I know it's hard. But it it is true, and I just always believed it, that people older than you have kind of been through some of that before. Mm-hmm. they kind of been through that before. And for me, it started with teachers. Uh, you know, my, 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 as I said, my dad was mostly a teacher for most of my life, um, and my mom was a high school guidance counselor. So I really kind of believed teachers knew something. And so if I had a teacher somewhere in some school told me something, about life, you know, teachers, you know, they pull your side after class, tell you big things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like you need to, you need to go to college. You need to do an internship. You need to watch this class. Don't enroll in these kind of classes. Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of things, these big old things. If I had a teacher tell me something, it it, it stuck. It stuck, and uh, and I was gonna listen. And so um, that's the lesson here: is that people around you have, have been through what you're looking for if you're young. So if you're young and you want to be a you know, uh, an astronaut or go to the military or be a lawyer uh, or be a business owner, there's somebody literally from your hood (laughs) who has done exactly the kind of things you want to do. And all you have to do is kind of track them. I used to get, I used to give a speech about that. The, you have to recognize there's a difference between role models and mentors. Uh, And it is true not everybody has mentors, and, you know, I'm one of those growing up. I don't know if I had a lot of mentors. I had my mom and my dad, which is great, and they were super um, um, committed uh, to making sure we had all kinds of opportunities. But I didn't have those other group of mentors that, you know, pour into you, give you lessons, give you opportunities and all these kind of things. But what everyone has and what I certainly have were role models. Uh, it's the idea that you can find somebody out there to be your role model, and you don't even have to talk to them. You don't have to meet them. All you have to do is observe them, observe them, uh, and you can learn a lot by that. And so, um, you know, I'll never forget the time I met. Um, I tell I, I tell this story to him once. Uh, I met Kenneth Robinson. So Kenneth Robinson, I think I met him when uh, I was in the eighth grade, eighth grade. And, uh, you know, Kenneth Robinson is the president of United Way, and he is a pastor, and he's a, a really a great leader and servant in this community, African-American uh, man. I met him in eighth grade, and I met him for about five minutes. And I never forget, I never forget mm-hmm. that moment because he came in, and he was an articulate black man, and he used the word plethora. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Did you look it up? <laughs> I, I said, I just had never heard. Yeah. I had never heard a black man talk the way he had talked. And it just, it it completely floored me. And it changed my life just hearing him give one speech yeah. <laughs> for about five minutes to some youngsters. We were just in a room. Yeah. He came in the room and he started talking. And I just never heard, you know, I'm from Memphis and I had a Memphis accent and all that, which I wish I had now. But I don't I don't have it much anymore, but I lost it somewhere. But he came in and he just talked in a way I had never heard before. And it blew my mind. 
And then, you know, so that was a role model. Then you get to Morehouse, and Morehouse is all male, as, as, as I'm sure most of your audience. Yeah, I don't, know how you, I don't know how you do that. Morehouse good school, but I don't, I don't know how you did it. But, you know, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Morehouse. It's, it's, well, it's all male, and Morehouse men have a certain uh, style of behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so again, as soon as I saw that for the first time, you know, they they talked a certain way, moved their hands a certain way, sat a certain way, dressed a certain mm-hmm. way. Everything was very very particular, and uh, and again, just observing that. So it's just a word to the wise that I know everybody doesn't have mentors, and they're saying, well, nobody helped me, and why don't I have that kind of help and so forth. I got to tell you, you don't necessarily always need mentors they're great but you don't always necessarily need them because there is opportunity to find role models you can google people if you want to be a you know a, a you know a, a major dancer on, on one of these shows or a major actor or an actress i can guarantee you can google somebody who has a background similar to yours that made it yeah. and you can try to figure out how they made it and try to emulate some of those things sure, sure there will be some changes and there'll be some differences but it, it, it's going to be, you know, you, you'll get your shot. You'll get your opportunity uh, if you can identify role models. So, you know, try to try to be committed to, to that. So, And uh, tell us about some of the, you know, major struggles and obstacles you face. Because I say people see me, like I say all the time, They you see what I'm doing, but you don't know the racism I've had to dealt with, all kinds of challenges and obstacles. And people see you, oh, he's a mayor, man. He's a he's great lawyer. He went to Yale. I mean, I, well, I have to say Yale. Like, Yale <laughs> and Morehouse. Yeah. But just... Talk about some of those struggles, man. They, they see a brown skinned man or a woman, and it's immediately okay. We got stuff. We got stuff. We have to deal with that no one else has to deal with. Oh, no doubt about it. So um, I think right now I'm the um, only kind of Af- African American official in a top position in this in this town. So that's a lot to carry too, right? Uh, so just think about that. We've got a city mayor, a county mayor, a member of Congress, and I'm the only African American of the three. And I, you know, so that weighs on me sometimes because I've got to run for re-election. And if I don't win re-election, that means there's probably no African-American in the city of Memphis or in Shelby County in a top position. So that's a little bit of a weight to carry. Uh, I think I may be the only African-American county mayor in the the state. Uh, And so that also sets up an interesting dynamic. So if you you know uh, you know if you're looking for somebody to pick on, <laughs> you know you know who they're gonna, who they're likely to come after because it, it's the way it is. There ain't gonna be no more yeah. African American county mayors right across the state. So it's likely you know to, to to fall here. So some of that stuff is uh, it just is what it is. It's it's a real real tough road. You just got to kind of keep doing the best you can do uh, every day you can. Uh, you know obviously interact. Interacting with the press, um, you know, um, you know what I mean. There, there is not as much diversity in the press uh, as there needs to be. That's why I bounced. Yeah, I, I had know. to bounce. Yes, and, and that has real ramifications to the kind of um, stories that you see mm-hmm. uh, and the kind of conversations we have. Yes. It is a, it, it makes a huge difference, and so we just need a lot more diversity in the press. Uh, I think for the most of my most of my career. I don't know that I have been covered for a significant part of my career, and I've been I've been in elected office now eleven years. Yeah. I don't think I've had a significant period where I was covered by an African American. And you know, you got to remember, it's on the Memphis City Council, which is sixty-seven mm-hmm. percent black. I was there for three years. There weren't any African Americans covering, at least on, on the print side of things, yeah. where you know they they spend the most time at City Hall mm-hmm. or the print media. There was no African American doing that three years covering. 
went to the state center for four years. Uh, I was the uh, first African American minority leader, and um, certainly no African American um, journalists who were embedded there uh, to cover what happened at the state level. And now at the county level, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. I mean, I'm not saying they're not African American journalists out there. There are, and they're and they're filing good stories and so forth. All I'm saying is there is not enough, and it makes a, a, a great difference. I'll, I'll give one quick story. Uh, just to give this some mm-hmm. some flesh here, uh, or give it some meat here. And when I started in the state senate, and you know, I'm, I'm, I was a professor at the University of Memphis for 14 years. Really uh, pride myself uh, on that, and you know, and my ability to, to say what I think and try to communicate well. I think my my first week or two, the one of the preeminent journalists wrote a story and quoted me as having said. I'm finna go to the barber oh, shop. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> man! In the very first story. Oh wow! Now, now, now. What? What? What, what, what? You finna go to the barber shop? I, I know, and I don't mind. Yeah, I got if you. I'm fixing to go. Yeah, I got you. I'm I fixing mind. to go. I got you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In that yeah. context and in that place, mm-hmm. I almost certainly didn't say what he wrote. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I almost certainly didn't talk to him uh, in that way. And also, and so I, I called, of course, and asked for a correction, and we went all the way through it. I mean, it was a big, huge argument about whether I said it, and I said, "Come on, man, I, I, I didn't, I didn't say that to you." Uh, and it was, and then we walked through. In the state senate, there are so many country senators, right? Yeah. They, they, they uh, represent sure, yeah. all the rural areas yeah. of the state of Tennessee, uh, and they talk a very particular way. And they say things like fixing and finna. All the time. Every other All the sentence. time. Not it, all the time. All the time. Every yeah. other yeah. sentence. Yeah. So uh, he had me quoted next to many of them. And their quotes had all been cleaned up. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. It, it was stated perfectly. And then when he got to my quote, because this was a huge, splashy story. It was, you know, more than a thousand words. It was, it was, it was a big story. It was a big story. Then he got to my quotes, and all of a sudden, I, Lee Harris from Memphis, you know, that's yeah, where I got to be. Yeah. Lee Harris from Memphis said he finna go. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no, man, said, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not funny, but it's you funny. Know, but it's and our, funny. the staff went crazy because the staff knew me well. Of and course. the staff was like, Come on, that didn't happen. That's not, yeah. well, it's not, he didn't say anything like that. And and if he did, you have the ability to clean it up mm-hmm. and, and write what yeah. you what you think he meant. And you obviously cleaned up this other stuff because Frank, uh, this guy named uh, Frank Nicely, he, he's from um, a real country town. Google Frank Nicely if y'all don't believe Google me. Frank Nicely. Google Frank Wait, Nicely. What's camera, Cash? Google Frank Nicely. Google, Google Frank Nicely. Google Frank Nicely. Okay. And believe you me, anything you Google, <laughs> you're going to hear every other every word. word. Is <laughs> mispronounced some yeah. kind of way, and I love Frank. Yeah, but that is the way it is. And he had Frank just perfectly clean. Oh wow, <laughs> which is impossible. Yeah, which is impossible. Had per- yeah. And me, all of a sudden, the fourteen-year law professor uh, and lawyer, and so forth, is 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 said says something different. Uh, so that you know that that kind of stuff, you know, and obviously the same sort of stuff happens today, right now, as as county mayor. Um, but that you know, life goes on. I mean, you know, we just keep working. And we keep demonstrating that um, that we're not going anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and that we won't. Uh, our our the best representation of our 
race and our legacy to be put forward. Uh, and I'm really pleased by what I see happening around Memphis and Shelby County right now, where people saying, you know, African Americans are not being as passive. Because I, I, I think, you know, there was some passivity, you know, years ago. Yes. But I think there's a lot less of that now. People are now saying, look, I know my value. Uh, and I and I want my value recognized. That's why I had to leave, man. I mean, I got you. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, so, man. Yeah. So, so that's that's really good to see, and I see that happening in politics uh, more and more. Still not happening enough, right? Still mm -hmm. not happening enough, but it is happening more because it was, you know, when I started again, eleven years in elected office. Eleven years ago, there was just too much passivity. Um, but yeah, we've got to make sure people uh, know and respect uh, our value, and we've got to kind of call some things out from time to time, uh, and so. You know, I'll do my part. I know, I know you're doing your part, and uh, and uh, we're gonna all be better for it. No doubt. See, when when I think about when you saying uh, uh, us no longer being passive, yeah. it reminds me of you know Cedric the Entertainer on Kings of Comedy when he was like, he's the president, and then tell us about Monica Lewinsky. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, dog. How you gonna how you gonna ask me in front of my wife to take care of business? Don't ask me any disrespectful things. So, how do you deal with them obvious disrespectful questions, man? I, it, man, it is hard. Cause you are from Memphis, man. I know yeah, it's hard no because you know you want to get upset and uh, and all that kind of stuff, but you know that they'll stereotype you more. Yeah, yeah. They'll stereotype you more. Uh, even when I'm not in a fight, I'm in a fight. Yeah. Right? If you yeah, read the media, of course, yes. you Google Lee Harrison fight. Yeah. I'm in a fight. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. in a fight. All, yeah. I'm in a fight all the time uh, because it's it's just the it's, it's it's what people are used to. Whether it's true or not, and so they're gonna tell that story that makes them comfortable and telling instead of telling the the, the true story. Um, but I, I like what's happening, and I, it's not just Memphis and Shelby County; it's it's around the country. I was I was so excited when I heard about uh, Coach Dion. You yes, know, sir. I you. No, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> and Coach Dion said, "Look." I don't mind you calling me Dion, but put some coach Co on it. Co put, put some coach on it. Put some respect on <laughs> it. Yes. Some, put some coach yes. on it. And I said, that's right. You yeah. know, I mean, that's not too much to ask. He He's a friendly guy. And uh -huh. I heard the tape. It was a friendly way. He just said, look, can you just call me coach? Yeah, just coach, call me coach. Which is my official designation. Yeah. And we're on the radio. Yeah. We're having a thing here. Man, we're not, we're not at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the radio. I mean, so, you know, Dion Sanders gets it and – that kind of stuff is making more noise, which is really, really important because, again, we've got to uh, know our value and we've got to put it out there into the world. Yeah. Take up some space and say, no, 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 uh, that, 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 that's, that we're not going to let the, this stuff happen. Now, I, you've done some great things for our, for our community, but being Shelby County Mayor, you have to, you know. I got the Memphis on here, Memphis. I'm, I'm from Memphis. <laughs> but he right. has to deal with the whole county. It ain't that's just right. Memphis. But how do you deal with, I mean, I love us and I love my people, but – they think you the mayor. They, we, we want it all. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about nobody else. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that? Because you are the mayor of the entire counties, not just Memphis, the city of Memphis, which is predominantly black. How do you balance, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, serving you all, but I'm serving everybody because we're one county. So you also have to be humble in my view. In other words, you've got to know that you have some limits and that there are limits on your power. Not everybody can do everything or be everything to all people. And so I'm quick to make sure people know that from the start. So I let them know from the start. I know that what you, when you think of politicians, you sometimes think of somebody uh, like Superman who's coming in to save the day. Well, that's not me. <laughs> I'm limited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm coming in to do is to be a partner a partner, uh, and partnership is the right, right way of thinking about it in my mind because partnership signals that you're going to do something 
and I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to get something accomplished is that everybody's going to pitch in to get it done. Uh, and I promise I'll do my part. So just kind of set those expectations uh, to let people know uh, and also setting some guardrails, setting some limits. So, you know, folks, um, sometimes, like you say, want me to, uh, you know, be have the us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, Memphis has a history of us versus them, whether it's um, white versus black, suburban versus urban, uh, rich versus hopeful, whatever the 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 the, uh, the uh, difference is, there's always that us versus them in Memphis. And um, I try to tell people from the start, I, I didn't run for office for that. I ran for office for a positive agenda of what we want to get done, right? What do we want to see in the future? Not all, not all, uh, I don't want to spend all my time criticizing or, or, or fighting a particular group over and over again. Uh, I want to represent all and I want to get some things done. So let's talk about that, a positive agenda. Uh, so reminding people of that, reminding people of that, reminding you can do everything and reminding them of what motivates you. And what motivates me is a positive agenda. Now, and I know representation matters and, and, before we wrap this up, I want to take now going to Yale, mm-hmm. Yale Law School. I'm I'm pretty sure you had to deal with some racism there because a lot of people. I'm pretty sure they looked at you like, "What are you doing here? You don't belong here." So how did you work your way through that and say, "I'm gonna push that aside"? You know, I have a goal here. Right. So <clears throat> I think uh, <clears throat> so that part of Yale um, was not bad for me. I think probably the part that created that kind of tension was just being from Memphis in a faraway place, gotcha. a very different place. Um, and, um, you know, I'd seen some things by the time I got to Yale for sure, but I still hadn't seen as much as other folks uh, in that community. Mm-hmm. So I think that created a lot of difference in terms of kind of black heritage and black empowerment. I n- never had any of those kind of problems at Yale because my history is so steeped in black heritage, right? You know, I went to all black schools yeah. <laughs> until I went to high school and I went to Overton and Overton was majority black. And then I went to all black again for college. So, you know, you go to HBCU, it's empowering, right? Mm-hmm. All, HBCU is just that experience of being at HBCU and being surrounded by other HBCU college graduates feels it, it, it strengthens you. Uh, and so, you know, you can't come out of an HBCU experience without uh, uh, some fortitude, mm-hmm. So I, I carried that with me gotcha. uh, to Yale. And so I was a pretty strong black man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, by the, time, by the time I got there uh, and got to that setting. So that wasn't that tricky to me. Um, uh, it, it, again, it was just being from the South and being somewhere where people have a variety of different experiences. And, you know, you know my, my parents were middle class, but in terms of that community, we were definitely the lower yeah, <laughs> lower yeah, classes in yeah. terms of, of wealth, right? Yeah. So it's just a, a real big difference being a scholarship kid there. Uh, and I worked, you know, I was a security guard when I was at Yale. I taught uh, to I taught to undergrads. I taught first year students. You know, I was trying to hustle, yeah, uh, so that I wouldn't have extraordinary loans. I still had some loans, but you know, when you put the scholarship and all my work uh, together, I didn't have extraordinary loans. So that th- those kinds of things created a difference, you know, because I'm known as the guy who works the front door. You yeah, know, I, I got yeah, you know, yeah, y'all, y'all, no one else is working the front door. I, I'm at the front door. I'm checking ID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, all this, yeah, all this, dude. What's the other? What's You know, I had a desk. I got. Okay, I had a desk all right, all right, and all right. a computer, <laughs> and you know, uh, yeah. you know, I, you know, I check people in, let yeah. you let you come in or don't, or don't let you come in, uh, and those kind of things. So that that does create something. 
just not being that wealthy in, in, in those kind of environments. But, uh, you know, Morehouse and uh, my experience here at Memphis, uh, I was black and proud, and there was no way around that uh, at Yale. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, salute, man. Anything else you want to add, Mayor Lee Harris of Shelby County, before we get up out here? Just thanks thanks for coming through, man. Anything else you want to add? No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Shout out uh, to your production company here. Y'all doing a great job. ISL Productions, Cassius <laughs> McGowan. That's right. That's right. And so I'm glad to be here and uh, have me back again. Mayor Lee Harris. Mayor of Shelby County, thanks so much. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it for this episode of the Doc Holiday Show, where we like to uplift black men, black women, black teen, black child. Until next week, I'm out. What you cooking, Mom? Damn, this shit, bro. Good job, man. All right, man. Don't no, 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 no